Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, left. We're back. We're talking offense. Sam Hartman, development of the offense with Tommy Reese. Will Tommy Reese get the Fiesta Bowl itch and start throwing the ball 50 times a game? Now that he has a quarterback that's experienced and top, I would say a top 10 quarterback in college football, or will he depend on the running game and the offensive line. That's something we'll we'll get into shortly. And then we're going to talk about your top five offenses as well. And then we have a treat. You know, Luck, Luck loves the quarterbacks, man. And Notre Dame just offered a young man from the class of 25 from the state of Texas. And like they say, everything is bigger in Texas. And this young one, he's a big youngin, as they say down there. We'll look at his film on the back end but left we start with your top five offenses in college football for 2023 top five offenses the first is caleb williams the heisman winner i think you know the lincoln riley and and caleb in that combination in year two uh you're looking to be more productive they got some pieces they're always getting good receivers they might even get marvin harrison jr which are just make our job a lot harder when it comes to next year. But, you know, they're going to find a way to put points on the board. That's why they're really good. Uh, and they take all the energy from their defense and put it on their offense. So that's why they're an offensive-focused team. But uh, hopefully uh, we'll be ready for that, with how we're stacking our defense by that time too. Second offense, I would love to say it's Notre Dame. I think we've got a quarterback that's capable enough and veteran enough to – to execute what Tommy's been wanting to probably run for a long time consistently. And we also have Tyler Buckner, who's not too far off on the talent level, and we know is capable of creating explosive plays and putting up points himself. So having two quarterbacks that you can't go wrong with, really, uh, we're, we're about, you know, one or two games shy of really doing something special. But it really comes down to um, – how we execute on offense, I think both quarterbacks are capable of utilizing our talent to score the points necessary to win big games. But it also comes down to Tommy being able to take the handcuffs off because I felt like he's had a lot of handcuffs 
and and been in trying to be in nursery babying guys and getting them developed because they're the first time starters or haven't been there and done that before. Now he's got guys that's been there, done that before. So maybe he gets out of the nursery and starts schooling these kids the right way and we can be the top five offense with the talent that we have is top five that we should be. Another top offense that's I'm, I'm excited to watch is um, is Drake May. Obviously him and Caleb are the one and two quarterbacks. This next year, just like Bryce and CJ were, and Bryce and CJ's offenses were astounding. I mean, they were high-flying, high-scoring, and I expect the same thing out of a, a offense like Drake May. I think he'll get some receivers. Maybe he gets uh, Mitchell from Georgia. That would be a great combination. So I think uh, Drake May being a suspected top-scoring uh, uh, offense because he's a top quarterback for next year's draft. Uh, another offense because I'm on three or I'm on four. You're on four now. I'm on four. The fourth one is Ole Miss. I love Lane Kiffin and what he's doing. I think when he has three very capable quarterbacks, a super veteran, a guy that was a transfer from a power five that's well-respected in USC and Jackson Dart, and also getting a young five-star guy, Walker Howard, I think he's going to be able to find enough um, production out of that quarterback room to have another productive offense that we know Lane is so accustomed to. Uh, putting on the field, and I think it's it's always it always take plays from him anyway. So it's pretty creative. I like the things that he does offensively. And then the last one's hard for me because I got a couple options. I think Tennessee is going to be a top five scoring offense because Joe Milton has a cannon of an arm, and he's a big big dude back there. So that Jamarcus Russell type of field can be dangerous with how they run their offense because how they run their offense, I mean, they can put up some points too. So I think it's going to give them a hard out uh, watching them go next year. So it's between them, which I think is, could be there. I think uh, Oregon obviously is going to be a high scoring team. Um, And I think uh, one of the big 12 teams is going to be high scoring. I just don't know. Maybe Texas because I think I like their quarterback situation, but, the fifth is up in the air, but I'll just go with Tennessee because I really like Joe Milton off of last year. It's going to be interesting to see what TCU can do if they have another explosive year there. You mentioned the Big 12. I think Baylor takes a step. They have more experienced quarterback play this year. I think they take a step up offensively. And then Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma is going to be interesting to see what that Oklahoma offense can do. I'll say another one. I'm I'm, I'm interested in seeing what Garrett Riley does at Clemson. I don't know if there'll be a top five offense, but it goes back to what you said when you were talking about the schedule. I think as a team, there'll be a tougher opponent than they were this year when Notre Dame comes into uh, Happy Valley or that's not Happy Valley. That's Penn State. But when they come into uh, Clemson, I'm interested in seeing what he does with Kay Klubnik and how he builds the offense around him in that running game. Like, do they allow him to throw the ball, or is it really still going to be built around that running game 
and being physical because that offensive line really was better this year. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best offensive offensive lines that Clemson and Dabo has had since his time there. So Clemson, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna see a lot, you know, speaking of quarterbacks out of the Clemson, I think Oregon State's gonna be really solid next year in the yeah. underdog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they got they're like a lot like Utah, very yeah. tough veteran team that really quarterbacks away from being uh consistent every year. So Yeah, yeah, I agree. DJ should be good up there. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And then the Pratt kid going back to Tulane, you know, I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll put up points the same way they did this year. It's gonna be interesting, but I like your top five list right there. That's the top five offenses in two thousand twenty three according to Luck himself, right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. And now we spin that forward, Notre Dame major list. Let's talk about how that offense is going to look and how tempting it is going to be for Tommy Reese to not fall in love with his new toy quarterback and stick to the core and the foundation of what Notre Dame and its strength is really all about, which is that offensive line. And the running backs. My first question to you, Left, is the offensive line better at pass pro or run blocking? Probably run blocking. But I think we can stretch the limits of our pass pro, uh, having a more veteran quarterback back there not holding the football. Hmm. So it probably highlights our offensive line blocking a little bit better than what it's looked like in the past. But uh, if I had to choose, I would say run blocking because that's what comes in handy later in the season. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. Passing wins championships the way Stetson Bennett had to throw for about 350 now. Well, I'm not going to count the Georgia game. But two years ago, Stetson Bennett had to throw for some yards to win that game. So uh, maybe it's going to have to come for that too. Well, I mean, there will be games that – the passing game is going to have to step up and win the game. They're going to have to step up and win the game. I would venture to say that you want to be physical in all of your big games. You want to be physical against Ohio State and run the ball. You want to be physical against USC and run the ball. But it's tempting against USC because their tackling is so awful and their defensive backfield is just dreadful. Yeah, because they like, man, and, I thought Drew this was, was able to put in work against USC. They don't even practice with pads in, on defense in SEC, USC. You know what? You might be right. Have I ever seen them in pads? And all the you always see them in pads. You always see them in fashionable clothes walking to the game. <laughs> they just have fashion contests at practice. <laughs> so the question of the day was, how many pass attempts per game will Sam Hartman average? Pass attempts? Pass attempts per game. I think Tommy would be a pretty neutral, probably try to be right in the middle. So I'd say 25 to 30 passes in a game is probably pretty uh, solid as a call. 25 to 30, 28 being the average, I think. Hmm. What about, what, 30? 30 rushing attempts? A little bit more, 35 to 40 rushing attempts. Uh, Yeah, you want to be pretty 50-50. I think that's the world he wants to live in. He tried to do that with 
Tyler Buckner, but Tyler Buckner was doing both. <laughs> well, I mean, he adds to the running game. So, like you said, he's doing both. Yeah, I don't I don't think this offense needs to go, even though they just picked up a top five quarterback, in your opinion, I don't think they need to go too pass happy. I really don't. I think they need to alleviate the pressure off of Sam Hartman. He has lived with pressure on his shoulders his entire career at Wake Forest. Bring him in, give him a brand new look on what it takes to win football games, especially big-time football games, and make him feel comfortable behind that running game and that offensive line and be more efficient. I would like to see his completion percentage go up, and I would like to see the number of big plays that Notre Dame makes in the passing game goes up. That was one of the great things TCU did. The TCU had some incredible stat, like they had 50 plays of over 20 yards, and they had 20 plays of over 50 yards, which is crazy. You know, I, I would love to see Notre Dame have 20 plays over 50 yards during the season. Tommy's going to have to dial him up now. Man, Tommy's going to have to dial it up, and he's going to have the opportunity because this is a question. Who's happier? The running backs or the wide receivers with Sam Hartman showing up? That's a good question. That's a good question. The the answer should be both. It should take the pressure off of the running game, and it should add completions to more receivers in the passing game. I just think the running backs are finally going to see seven and six, seven in the box. Yep. Consistently. You don't have no pressure. They're not trying to load the box. they like – Oh, they're going to run it? They're going to throw it? We'll keep them guessing. Shoot, the offensive line might feel might be happy too. Mm. Instead of run blocking against six and seven, it's a lot easier. That's right. Seven, eight consistently. So his impact is really important just, become, just from the experience standpoint and gain, gaining and harnessing respect from the defensive coordinator as he prepares for Notre Dame. Like, he shifts the game plan, in my opinion. Defensive coordinators might not be so quick to be aggressive at the line of scrimmage with their safeties and with their linebackers. They're not going to throw our our classic double safety blitz at us. No, no. (laughs) Who will will get the Charlie Jones, the Charlie Jones Award for Notre Dame? Who will get the freaking It should be Tobias Merriweather. If we was really like, all right, we're going to treat him like a Calvin Johnson, let's just throw him the balls. Huh? Mm-hmm. He should be starting next year. And then, I mean, other than that, I think everybody is pretty much on the same level of they going to – we don't – honestly, we don't know how productive our receiver room can be. Yeah. It's even hard to guess. I would hope it would be Tobias because he sounds like the most uh, talented – But I don't know. Yeah, that's a new. We just created a new award for the lefties next year, the freaking Charlie Jones Award. The freaking Charlie, like <laughs> for the best wide receiver. And he was cooking in the Big Ten game too. Man, he was cooking every game. Are you talking about the championship game? Yeah, yeah, he was cooking against. He was Michigan. cooking. He was cooking. <laughs> He was, and they were double. But I saw him. why. I saw why he was getting, you know. Yeah. 
He's yeah. always uh, Adam Thielen, man. Mm, that's a good call. He, he might be an Adam Thielen type. He might be. So once again, Notre Dame would be a top five offensive team. One of the top five offenses according to left. Left, you you suspect that 30 passes per game is good enough for Sam Hartman. 25 on the on the high end. Yeah, he's what 22 or 30, 290 to 350, depending upon the big plays in the game. And that leaves about 35 to 40 carries for the backfield. Divide that easily amongst three running backs. If we're if we're in a tight game like SC, I'm seeing it being like 25 for 37 or something. Mm. 350. 25 for 37, 350. Or 26 for 37, 350. Yeah. Both touchdowns. But in a game where we should be smacking them up and down the field, i.e. Stanford next year, he should be like, you know, 20 for 25. We should have a bunch of running yards. Yeah. And those 25 are just to keep them honest. Because we running that ball. We running that rock. And then Tyler Buckman going to get in there and get him about 50, 60 yards rushing, you know, because we're going to be beating him by first half. Mm -hmm. So we should be all right. So Antoine Hill Jr., 2025 quarterback. Originally I said he was from Texas. He's from Houston High School. That's what threw me off. Houston High School down in Georgia. Number two quarterback in the 25 class. Left, this kid is 6'5". 6'5", bro. 215 pounds. As we say here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast, it's time to go to the tape. Let's go to the tape. Antoine Hill. Let's check out his sophomore film. Wait a minute, what? Did the ball go out of the screen? What the? Okay, we're watching this for the first time. That throw was crazy. Hold on, you got to rewind it. Mine's glitched or something. Okay, we're going to stop because left missed that first clip. 6'5", 215, out of the state of Georgia. Class of 25, number two ranked quarterback. This first throw is ridiculous, bro. It, this that's almost seventy yards in the air, bro. Yeah, great through. That, that's insane. Well, I like that he has a bunch of arm talent. He's definitely good that he's on the radar because we can throw it deep. <laughs> but but uh, the only problem I have with watching tape like this is that. You know, you can throw it deep, but can you do anything else? I don't think Tommy's going to be calling deep throws every time, but we know that we can do something with the just back there launching it. So if anybody's ever remember Tommy Armstrong that went to Nebraska, his tape was just like this. He just took a couple steps and chucked it. 
And, I mean, he had a career of chucking it in Nebraska, and it was, you know, pretty solid. But I like that he has the height. I like that he has the explosiveness in his arm. You know, um, I mean, he's throwing the hell out of the ball. <laughs> so, you know, I think just just seeing it looks really good. Uh just a, a really good talent. I can't Bro, really say if it's a really great fit, but I can say it's a really great talent. The arm talent just stands out. Yes. Just but that's his whole tape. You know, just, just immediately. And he's a sophomore. And yeah. a lot of times, you know, you ask yourself, what are these young men being asked to do? I sent yeah. you a film of a young sophomore, and we were amazed by the offense he was running just as much as we like him as a player because as a sophomore they were asking him to do things that will make him far advanced by the time he got to college so you know what he where he would be really good at because of fit at coastal carolina now i know he's probably not gonna go there or nothing. come on though he's the number two court come I, on. No, I'm know i'm saying I know, i'm just saying from the style of offense if this is if going to college football was about fit and not about you the best, so you just got to go to Bama type of thing, he would look great in that RPO. Then why why couldn't he go to Oregon? He oh, okay, Oregon, yeah, Oregon, Oregon. I was just saying fit. I was just saying fit. Oregon does. Oregon does a little bit more. They do some more rollouts and stuff nowadays. I think the kid looks really talented, but I think it also really talented in a fit system. I hope we get him. Man, the arm talent is Antoine Hill Jr., ladies and gentlemen. And he's 6'5". Thank goodness. 6'5", 215 as a a sophomore. Hey, Tommy, I, I see what you like, bro. Nah. I, I see why you offered him. Now, whether or Tommy, not you I feel him. like Tommy recruits sometimes like the Rooney rule. I don't know if he <laughs> come on, dude. Sometimes. <laughs> like I, I think he has his type that he likes. <laughs> but he be killing me sometimes. Cause I mean he should have had Dante. I don't know why. That just that just doesn't make no sense to me. <laughs> My man says sometimes he recruits like the Rooney Rule. <laughs> Lucky Lefty Pocket. I don't even know what to say after that. <laughs> I, I have no clue what to say after man, that. Man, because Brandon Clark, that whole years after Ian is just confusing to me. There's a lot of talent in them years, and I don't know how Man. we ended up with that room. So <laughs> we got a lot of time. But uh we're gonna be good, man. We're gonna be good. Yeah, I'm glad you have something to say because I'm speechless right now. What do you mean? Uh, that Rooney rule just took me out. <laughs> That just took me out. Um, 
<laughs> but it is true. Yo, you said this man recruits like the Rooney rule sometimes. Because <laughs> it doesn't make sense, Sean. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation, and Conjunction. <laughs> <laughs> All of our great content, along with John Garcia Jr., State of Recruiting. Man, leave us five stars. Leave your comments, your questions. We would greatly appreciate it. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. <laughs> we spin it different. Anything else you want to talk about, man? <laughs> no, I think the kid's talented. I think he could be good at like a a Baylor, Oregon. The kid can be good at whatever school he wants to go to. Washington's Ohio State. He definitely looked like a, the next Ohio State's quarterback. Because I like the way that they do. The Ohio State does the same thing. They just want to throw bubbles and goals and slants. Because they got better talent. But Ohio State has to be good in recruiting the mess out of their defense. And we'll see next year. I think they're going to have, you know, no second year. We're going to see how he does. All right, man. We talked about (laughs) Malik's top five quarterbacks whether or not he thought Sam Hartman would be a top five quarterback next year. We talked about transfers, A.D. Mitchell, and also Spencer Sanders finding new homes. And then we got into Notre Dame's offense and how it will evolve and what it might look like, assuming that Sam Hartman is a starting quarterback. Antoine Hill Jr., 25 quarterback out of Georgia, broke down his film. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. My man said this dude recruits like the Rooney Rule. Sometimes. It's not all the time. Sometimes. Because that, I mean, because it just wasn't making no sense, man. You know what time it is, man. Petticoat. Petticoat. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? (laughs) No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Yo, yo.
Petty Junk and Petty Story of the Day. Brought to you by Nora Whiskey at norawhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey at norawhiskey.com. Yo, every time I hear that Russell Westbrook during the open, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just don't like you. I just don't. Oh, man. Yeah, you see, he uh, he pump faked it. No, he took a shot. Midair was like, no, nah, I don't want to shoot. It off, dude. <laughs> Definitely put Russell Westbrook on the petty train, being down one against Philly the other night, and just coming down and just. <laughs> now he did make the defensive play on the other end. He did. He so it's like I guess he earned it. So if I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Brom was like, go ahead, man. Just go ahead. Nobody even called for it. That was the funny part. Brian didn't even run over to it. He's like, go ahead. he's go taking ahead. this to the house. Yes, look. Yes, Malik is on the petty train today. Yes, he is. He's absolutely on the petty train today for that. He absolutely is on the petty train. Oh, my As God. Duff said, don't have to go any further into it. <laughs> that would be definitely – one of the best clips coming back for <laughs> the Lefty Awards in December. This man said he recruits like the Rooney Rule sometimes. I'm done. I'm absolutely done. I'm done. I can barely finish this show. I'm done, man. I'm done. Great show today. Yo, I did yesterday I had to put Andre Rising. On the petty train, this dude said he was a better receiver than Jerry Rice. How did he fix his lips to say that? I, I mean, I know. think he was a competitor and anything, but Jerry Rice might be one of the more undisputed characters in NFL history where we're like, yeah, he's just the, the best of all time. Like, you know, people debate the LeBron Jordan thing. I think Jay Rice is more unified as the best receiver of all time. Yo. <laughs> My man said he recruits like the moon. Y'all got to be kidding me, man. I can't even move forward, bro. Am I lying? Put put crumble cookies on the petty train for doing too much. <laughs> Fruit loops on and stands donuts too. Fruit loops on top of donuts okay, and all that stuff. What what did you get? What did you get from crumble? A honey bun donut. I mean a honey bun cookie. That looks fire though. That this is fire. Okay. It's a honey bun cookie. That looks fire. So I think insomnia is great. But when you get stuff like this, you gotta know how to pick them. Yeah. Yeah. Now they do. I think my mom had like a caramel joint from there. They I definitely was, do I too much though. Sometimes like they got a cornbread cookie. See, see, see. That's when I was like, see? oh y'all. Is it skillet cornbread or Jiffy Mix? Because that's no. It's like a. It's like a real cookie though. But it's like, I'm like, what does it taste like? It's like, oh, exactly like cornbread. I'm like, I don't know. Just make some cornbread. <laughs> right. Just make some sweet cornbread and sell it. 
Yeah, don't make, make it a cookie. cookie that tastes like corn. No, just make yeah. some cornbread. Just make some cornbread salad. <laughs> you know, I'm in California though, so they try to just overdo everything. Now, see, when I was out there, of course, the insomnia is right there on USC's campus, so I always get those. You right I'm there. there. I'm, I'm, I'm right there on the campus. A nice little twelve pack. Yeah, so they come right, come into it. And I actually, oh, the best is the lemon white chocolate that they only bring out around Easter. Mm. Fantastic. The lemon white chocolate. They only bring it out like literally like two weeks leading up to Easter and after Easter mm. every year. Fantastic. I don't get, I don't get why these dessert shops make seasonal, you know, things like this pastry shop down the street. They make seasonal donuts. But they're like heavenly. I'm like, if they made it all the time, they'd probably be rich, you know. But they only make them during the the, the winter time. Which well, is it creates demand, right? And then it widens out your menu. It gives you an opportunity to introduce more flavors. Mm. Okay, smart. You know, they can't put all of those flavors on the menu at the same time. Then that's more work for them. But if they keep one or two for each season then, you know, they can keep the same workload and then your demand, you're waiting for that time of the season. And they know you're going to go crazy when it finally comes. Right? Because you've been waiting on it. So, I mean, it's pretty good marketing. I understand why they do it. I understand why they do it. And then, you know, things like strawberries here in the Midwest, most strawberry desserts go out of season. Like during the winter, they do, man. Yeah, so I always that always trip me up. Fruit goes out of season. I'm like, how does a fruit go out of season? Well, it never goes out of season in California. Watermelons are out of season right now in California. Yeah, the only thing that's good right now are the oranges, because oranges are good in the spring, right? Oranges are getting apples are all right. Well, tangerines are good in the winter. Yep, the, like little, the little cuties, like you said, the little cuties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The cuties are bomb right now. Um, see, for us, we're in the Midwest, so we still get the Mississippi watermelons, even in the winter. Really? Yeah. There's a right there. Man, I, in the summer, we got the best ones. No bad. Thanks, in no. the winter? No. No. Strawberries are incredible out there in California, though. They are. But you gotta go to the uh to pick them. You gotta go to the down in the, the foreign markets, like okay. the, the Mexican grocery store. Okay. Only say Mexican grocery store because it it be everything be Spanish, but okay. the strawberries be like they they be right. They don't be the same like if you go to Ralph's, right, or like Kroger because that's right. Midwest, right. Like I've actually yeah. went. You know they got the little place where you can pick them down in the OC, like right outside of Carlsbad. Mm-hmm. Oceanside somewhere. In See, there. I'm bougie because now I start going to the meat market. They got these this Manhattan meats that's really good. And we get the nice cuts. It's just yeah. you know, California can 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 turn you into a real uh enthusiast. Oh, bougie person. oh that's another mm-hmm. food segment brought to you by <laughs> Brandon Gilbert said you gotta try duck donuts here in the OC. Made to order donuts, request the vegan dough. Trust me, you won't regret it. Made to order donuts. Now that's that's close to you, right? Oh, I'm in the valley. Oh, you're in the valley. Like, <laughs> I, I I go to the OC usually for the outlet mall when I'm there. I take the missus down there. 
So mm. I'm usually down there. So I, I have to I have to uh, put a a pen in Duck Donuts. Mm. She would love the vegan dough. She definitely would rock with that vegan dough. Look, look, as long as they have good glaze, I'm fine. I'm not hard to please, bro. I'm not hard to please. Garland Doxy says, Malik and Sean, we got a spot in South Bend called Cool Runnings. Now, and it smacks. I yeah, it had to be now jerk. because it was a donut spot back then. I would have been No, there. no. He's talking about that jerk. Oh, 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 really? Yeah, we're going to have to check that out. Yeah, okay. I'm going to have to go check it out. The Heart Foundation. Can Dante Moore be a starter day one in UCLA? I don't know who they got in the tank over there. He'll be a starter, dude. I mean, he's they got the five-star plus now. I didn't even know it was a plus to it. I thought they were talking about Disney Plus or something. They talking dude, about five-star plus. The show he put on the, the entire week at the All-American Bowl, I see why he got the plus. And what he did in the game? Yeah, no, I believe he – I think he is a five-star. I'm just saying I didn't know they add plus to things now. Truman Dumel, thank you for the super chat. How will Hartman compliment and make better the running back room? P.S. Are we still tight end university solely? I mean, yeah, I think I think uh, Hartman would be great complimenting the running game, lightening the box, giving us more opportunity to put guys – in mismatches and loosening the defense because we can throw over top of the defense. Hopefully we'll see a lot more two shell, which anytime you have two shells, a great look to run the football. And I think our running backs are going to be even better having a balance of possibly seeing some Tyler Buckner be thrown in there, seeing some Sam and Tyler in there. I think it can help the complement the running game. Um, but Sam, overall leadership and his effectiveness to maybe even doing the little things like changing the run to the right side, going from pass to a run. I can imagine Tommy being more experimentive uh, with Sam Hart Hartman and in the, in the way he can control the huddle and his toolbox at the line of scrimmage. Oh, you on uh, mute. My fault. Brandon Gilbert said um... – he can't find a good grape in the OC. I don't know if that's uh, the actual grape or like a nickname for wine. You can get some Anora whiskey, though. That's a fact. Yes, sir. Well, left. Great show today, man. Once again. Apple Podcast, Spotify, all of our great content. Thank you guys for how much you support us, man, and download the content. Continue to do so. YouTube, subscribe. Smash that like button. Share, notification bell, let everybody know. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We truly spin it different. Have a fantastic rest of your Thursday. But most of all, make sure that you spend it different today. We'll see you guys tomorrow for another edition of the Lucky Lefty Podcast.